Luke 13. I want to talk to you today about a change of heart. And it's so important for us, each and every one of us, to have a change of heart. And I will also say that if we do not have a change of heart, we will never know or understand God. I'll say that again. If we don't have a change of heart, we'll never know or understand God. So now let me, I'll break it down one more step. So if you have lived through this life, 20, 30, 40, or 50 years, and, you, and God makes absolutely no sense to you, well, it's very simple. You just need a change of heart. And there's nothing wrong with that because everybody has to have a change of heart if we're, if we're going to understand God. I had a change of heart. God changed me. These people that we're going to baptize, these young people that we're going to baptize today, they have had a change of heart. They have turned, they have repented, which means they've turned around and they're going a different direction. And now they, now they seek and want to know what God has in store for them. So I want to share with you four biblical truths that I did not know when I was 27 years old. I did not know these four biblical truths, and they're really, it's a pathway to having a change of heart. And I really believe if, if we are missing in some of these areas, we will always be wandering and we'll not be for sure whether who God is and what he wants for our lives. So the first, my first pathway to a change of heart is that God is good. Now, some of you sitting here today, you can confess and you know that God is good. And the reason you actually know that is not because, yeah, we know that he, uh, there's a change in us when we first receive Christ as Lord and Savior. We know that. But it's not until we get farther down the road and his blessings start manifesting themselves in our life till we, till we get to the point where we really know that God is good. And the longer you stay with God and the longer we stay on his path, even more so, we know that God is good. The second one, the pathway, is that Jesus came to do good. That's why he came. You know, I used to think that, that Jesus come to judge me, that he was just waiting for me to get out of line and then he was going to squish me like a bug. He was going to put bad things on me. And see, I used to think that. But it's not true. Another pathway to a changed heart is, and, and, and this, this holds a lot of people up. They think that if they serve God, all of a sudden they've got to be perfect. Let me tell you, you need to understand that Christians aren't perfect. And just because you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to be perfect. It's just not, it's not going to happen. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where, where uh, you know, the, you know the, the God is leading us this way, and the world is going completely the opposite way. There's all kinds of torment and, and temptation, and it, and it will never stop. I've had people tell me, pray that the devil will leave me alone. I can't do that. If, if I could pray that, that the devil would leave you alone, I would pray he'd leave me alone. And it hasn't happened yet. 
Okay? So, and it never will happen. You know, that messes a lot of people up. See, they, they think that they should be perfect. Uh, they think that because they love God and they've gotten saved, that they should be perfect. And then when they do mess up, they think, well, I've blown it. God don't love me no more. I'm just going to go on back to the devil. That's what Bear says all the time. He, but Bear always says, he says, just try Jesus. And if you don't like him, the devil will take you back. And how, how true is that? But see, when you mess up, it's not God's desire for you to go back to the devil. It's God's desire for you to bow your knee and open your heart and ask him to forgive you. And the fourth thing, pathway to a changed heart is, and some of you know this, some of you don't. Are you ready? We need God. You need God. And it doesn't matter how strong you are, how young you are, how rich you are, how talented you are. You need God. So that brings us to Luke 13. And what's going on here? Let's go ahead and read it and then, then, then I'll explain it. Luke 13, 1. We've got this scripture for you. And what's going on, I'll just tell you briefly, what's going on is there's some false teaching going on in Jesus' day. And Jesus replies and, and uh, explains what is true and overrides this false teaching. And it says, about this time, Jesus informed that Pilate had murdered some of the people at Galilee as they had offered sacrifices at the temple. Now notice, Pilate had these people murdered, but notice what they was doing. They were offering sacrifices at the temple. They was worshiping God, and yet they were killed. Doesn't make sense, does it? Let's go on. And, and Jesus said in verse 2, and he says, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people of Galilee? And Jesus says, Is that why they suffered? So what he's saying, what Jesus is, is asking them He's asking everybody, he says, do you think that these people were killed because they had sin in their life? How many have heard stuff like that before? You know, uh, I'm sad to say, but uh, I was in a Sunday school class one time. At the end of a lesson, there was a lady there. At the end of the lesson, she had multiple health issues. And at the end of the lesson, when the class was over, she asked, I wonder what I did. I wonder what I did. How sad is that? I mentioned earlier, we live in a fallen world. So, so notice, notice what Jesus says here. So, so Jesus is asking this question. Because they were murdered, does that mean? Does that mean that, that they had, had sinned? Is that why they suffered? In verse 3, Jesus says, not at all. That is not why. And Jesus, then he goes on and, and speaks to really what he wanted to talk about. And he says, you will perish too. And he says that to each and every one of us, that we will perish also. And he goes on to say, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God, Jesus is saying, we will all perish. And if you really get right down to it, what Jesus is saying is, was that, of course this was tragic, that these individuals uh, were killed 
while they were worshiping God. But what Jesus is really getting to, he's really getting to that is bad, but the truth is everybody is going to die. You, me, everybody is going to die. And then what he gets to is that we're all going to die, so we all have to be ready. We all have to turn. And, and that's, that's what he says there. He says, unless you repent, thank you, sir, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. He goes on to say, in verse 4, he gives another example. Basically, along the same line, he gives another example. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Once again, it was an accident. Notice that, it was an accident. And Jesus asked, were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? I mean, is that why this accident happened? Is that why bad things happen in this world? Because they had sinned and God was punishing them? Well, Jesus answers your question. If you've ever wondered that, Jesus answers that question for you in verse 5. He says, no, that is not why. He says, I tell you again, unless you repent, you will perish also. Now, see what he's talking about there, that we will perish also. He's talking about eternal life. Because Jesus come that we may have eternal life. So there are some false teachings going on there is what was happening. And Jesus wanted to set the record straight. You know, I've mentioned this before that it would be great if God's will was manifested on this earth all the time. Wouldn't that be great? It would be awesome. I mean, everybody would love each other. Everybody would forgive each other. You know, the scripture says that it's God's will for all to come to the knowledge of Christ and none to perish. Now, wouldn't that be great if, if all of your loved ones was going to heaven? Wouldn't that be great? But that's God's will. It says that it's God's will for none to perish. Zero, nobody, the worst of the worst. God doesn't want them to perish. What does he want them to do? He wants them to come to Christ. He wants them to repent. He wants them to have a change of heart. Amen. Amen. So we have to understand that God's perfect will will never be completely manifested upon this earth until Jesus comes back. And if his will was manifested upon this earth, this would be like heaven. Can you imagine the size of your tomatoes if this... Can you imagine? Can you imagine the, uh, there would be no weeds in your garden? You know what I bet? I even bet. I bet our grass would not grow. It would just be the perfect height and perfectly green all, all the time. I know one thing for sure. The leaves wouldn't fall. Oh, my goodness. Anybody out there have any leaves? Oh, my goodness. If you don't, I'll, I'll give you some, Okay. So we, we know that God's perfect will is not going to be manifested on this earth. It's not going to happen. The scriptures tells, tells us that we are God's prized possession. You and I, he loves us so much. So we know that God is good. See, his perfect will is manifested in heaven. No sickness, no sorrow, streets of gold, mansions for everybody. 
So God is a good God, and we have to understand that. The scripture says that every perfect gift comes from above. Everyone. If you've ever received the greatest hug, or he says this all the time, I seen so-and-so, yeah? And, he, and he'll say, they gave me the best hug. <laughs> he says that all the time. They gave me the best hug. Every perfect gift comes from above. First John, First John 4, it says that God is love. So God is love. So if we need more love in our life, you know what we need to do. We just get closer to God. And when we get closer to God, it pushes all those other things out of the way. So the, so the first pathway to a changed heart is that God is good, and we must know that. The second one is to a pathway to a changed heart is to know that Jesus came to do good for you and me. I thought for a long time, like I mentioned earlier, that he'd come to mess my life up. I thought he was going to make me go places and do things I didn't want to do. I didn't think he wanted me to do this, and he didn't want me to do this. He didn't want me to have fun. He wanted me to do all those things, and I was wrong. I didn't realize that God wanted to take my life, and that's the reason Jesus come. He wanted to take my life and make it better. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. See, Jesus, he wants to lead us to where we really want to go anyway, right? He does. He wants to lead us to where we want to go anyway, into the blessings of God. Luke 19, 10, it says, for Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. He's come, he's come to save us. He's looking for us. You know, I'll, just, I'll even put it this way. You know, if you've never received Christ as Lord and Savior, or, or if that fellowship has been broken, Jesus is looking for you. He's looking for you today, right now. He's probably knocking on your heart. He's looking for you. Why? To save you. That's what the scripture says. Another example we know that Jesus came to do good is in 1 John 3, 8, and it says, and the Son of God, that's, that's Jesus, appeared for this purpose. Now listen, now it, don't that get your attention? Jesus came for this purpose. Are you ready? The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus come. All that mess and junk that you've got in your life, Jesus come to take that away. He says in John 10, 10, Jesus says, he says, I came that you may have life to the fullest. Another translation says, I came that you may have life and a more abundant life. Amen. The second pathway to a changed heart is Jesus came to do good. You know, it's just like, well, let, let me go on. I'll, I'll get to that here lately, later. The third pathway to a changed heart. Christians are not perfect. We are not perfect and we never will be perfect. We will disappoint people. And let me tell you also, people will disappoint you. Not because they're mean and manipulative and they don't like you. No, because we're human, right? That's why. So we have to understand that, that we, are, we are not perfect. You know, God never offered and never told us that after we receive Christ, our life will be all warm and fuzzy. He didn't promise that. 
He never promised that you would never have trouble again. He never promised that we would never have struggle paying our bills again. He never promised that. You know, there's more important things, and I know some of you might disagree with this. There's more important things than just being able to pay your bills. Because we all know people that can pay their bills time and time and time again, and they're as miserable as they can be. There's more important things than money. Amen. It's called the love of God, the peace of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God are far more important in our lives. God never promised that we wouldn't have any more heartaches if we followed him. He didn't say he'd take away all of our troubles, of our troubles and our children's troubles and our grandchildren's troubles. He didn't promise. He didn't promise all of that. But what he did say in his word, he said that if we would trust him and put our faith in Jesus Christ and ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and forgive us of our sins, he said he'll forgive us of everything we've done wrong. Not only everything we've done wrong in our past, everything we've done wrong in our present, and get this, everything we've done wrong that we will do wrong in the future. That's what he promised. See, you will have troubles, young people. You will have temptations and you'll have troubles. But the Lord will be there with us. Always leading us, always wanting, always knocking on our heart. Now, come on now. Don't go that way. Come on. Let's keep it going. Let's keep going. Come on. Closer to me. Closer to me, God says. Closer to me. Mm. God tells us if we'll put our trust in his son, that we will become a child of his. Amen. Amen. Now, see, some of you right now, you're wondering how that can possibly be because everybody in here don't know all of your bad things and what you've done, but you know them. You know all of your sins. You know all of your mistakes. But let me put it just like this. It's just like, and and if you've got children, you can really relate to this. And if you've got grandchildren, you can really, really, really relate to this, okay? So so it's just like with, with our children. They'll go out and mess up and do things wrong and we'll shake our head and we'll... We'll just want to spank them and we'll want to smack them. But the truth is, no matter what they do, we still love them. And that's the way God is. No matter what they do, they're they're still ours. They've got our blood inside of them. And if the truth is known, a lot of their mistakes probably came from us. All right. There's a few honest parents in here today. Mm. Mm. Another thing that God promised, if we will just follow him and put our trust in Jesus Christ, he says that he will give us strength when we don't have none. When you feel like you are down and out and you have no strength, God says, I'll give you some. I'll take care of that. I'll pick you up. I'll raise you up. He also says that he will carry us when we can't walk. Glory to God. See, Christians aren't perfect. And we don't have to be perfect. What we have to do is follow God. Amen. We just got to follow him. Follow his word. God says, I will love you when nobody else will. 
He promises that. You don't think you're lovely? Well, you might not be lovely in man's eyes, but God says he'll love you. When nobody else will, he says he'll love you. He also says that he will give us power to overcome sin. Power to overcome sin. Will we be perfect? No. Will we have power to say no? Yes. We will. We will. And here's the biggest trap. The biggest trap is, well, we made a mistake and we sinned. I'm going to hide from God. Don't look, God. And we're hoping, shh, he don't know where I'm at. He don't know where I'm at and I think he'll forget about me. But see, what God wants us to do when we sin is say, man, God, grace. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Do you deserve to be forgiven? (laughs) Absolutely not. We don't deserve that. But see, that's what we get from God is grace. The Bible says that the grace of God is more than sufficient. However much grace you need, God has more than that. Amen. The last pathway to a change of heart is that we need God is that we need God. Now, see, some people, we've hardened our heart. They've hardened their heart. And, and I used to think this. I don't need God. You know, I've got a, I've got a job and my family. You know, I, I, I don't need God for nothing. I've heard people say when you invite them to church or something, I didn't lose nothing there. You know, I don't need that. And, and they, think they're, they think they're fine. But the truth is, they need God. And the truth is, they are using God whether they know it or not. You see, God created this earth. If you're here today and you think you don't need God, well, hold your breath because you are breathing God's air. Okay, who's doing it? Hold your breath. If if you do not need God, start holding your breath right now. Anybody? How long should we wait? (laughs) First response team, where are they at? Be, be, Be on the alert, first response team. See, we all need God. It is his air. His water keeps us alive. His food keeps us alive. His soil grows our food. So don't even tell me you don't need God. Amen. It's true. Now here's the the thing. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know that God is a good God, and if you don't know until, until even today, if you don't realize that Jesus came to do good, okay? And if you don't realize that you don't have to be perfect to be a, a Christian and a child of God. And if you don't realize that you do need God. If you don't understand that or accept any of those statements, the Bible says that you're in a bad place. You know, and the reason God's word says that is because he doesn't want you to be in a bad place. God is not holding a secret back from us. He is not changing things and things like that. No, he wants us to know his will, his truth, and his way out. He wants that. Amen. He wants us to call upon his name. He wants us to be in heaven with him when we die. 
He doesn't want us to go to hell. Not only that, he wants us to walk in his goodness today. You know, when we preach salvation, when we preach coming to Christ and giving our lives to him, it's not all about heaven. You know, I'll tell you what's a crying shame is when Christians wait until they get to heaven to enjoy God's blessings. That's what's crazy. See, we can enjoy his blessings right here, right now. And that's why he gave his, his word to lead us and guide us in that direction. Amen. Amen. Will you bow your head and, and pray with me, please? Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we do understand that we have all sinned, and that's why we all need a Savior. We understand that we've all made mistakes. We understand that you're not calling us to be perfect, but you're calling us to be a child of yours. Father, right now, I just ask you to forgive each and every one of us of our sins. Forgive us of our mistakes. And Father, change our heart. Change our heart and make us new creatures in you. I put my trust in you now. I ask that you will change me and give me a new heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now I want to tell you that if you've prayed that prayer with me, and if you ask God to change your heart, and you meant that, you meant that, that was your first step. I'll put it this way. Your first step is behind you. The first step is realizing that each and every one of us. No, let me rephrase that. The first step is realizing that you need God. That was my first step. I knew everybody else needed God. I just didn't know that I needed God. So if in that prayer you admitted with your heart, not just empty words. But you admitted that you needed God. That's your first step. And as we open the altars, I want you to just ask the person there beside you or squeeze your hand or ask them if they want you to come with them or you want them to come with you. However, you don't have to come alone. And just know that when you come, you're coming to God. You're not coming to me. You're not coming to Orchardville Church, but you are humbling yourself. You're saying, God, I need you. I need you. I mentioned a few weeks ago, the only time that, God, that it refers to God running in the Bible, God running in the Bible is when the prodigal son turned around and started back home and the father ran toward that son. And that's what will happen to you. That's what will happen to you. You take a step toward God and God runs towards you. And he wraps his arms around you and he helps you. Amen. Please come. Please come. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church 
You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.